0: Baruch Hashem, you're a bad Jew. Shalom. You're listening to Bad Jew, and with me today is Orly Star. Bad Jews, welcome Orly Star. Orly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm doing spectacular. Thank you so much. And I wanted to say as well... This question, this particular blunt question was asked in the no judgment zone of the Bad Jew WhatsApp community. If you are interested in the Bad Jew WhatsApp community, be sure to go to the link tree, hit, fill out that form and submit it because we will accept you into that WhatsApp community where you can learn and engage other listeners and ask these questions. So that way we can turn those questions into episodes later on with us today is Orly Star. She is the head of Dance with Orly. What is Dance with Orly, by the way?
1: Dance with Orly is an all encompassing Israeli folk dance group that welcomes everybody, whether you're Jewish or not, and basically tries to connect people to Judaism and the land of Israel in a way of making them proud to be Jewish through dance.
0: I love that. That's actually really cool. I got to tell you as well, the way that I met Orly is I went to one of her events, but I've also been Israeli dance for some time. Being said, I don't know how widespread Israeli dancing is. Others don't really know how big Israeli dancing actually is either. So that's why people asked, can Jews dance? But before we answer that question, we have to challenge orally the right of entry question, the bad Jew challenge. Tell your life story in four minutes. Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready.
0: Excellent. Go
1: born in Israel. I moved to LA when I was seven years old. Didn't do Israeli dance before. I did ballet training. Um, when I went to UCLA, I was about 19 years old. Went to a session at the Jewish Community Center in LA with David Dossa. He taught me everything I know. He was my mentor, taught me about community, taught me about kehila, how to keep our people together and united and connected to our Jewish homeland. Um, from there, he, basically, I taught at Camp Alonim. I've taught at many many jewish places around the world um especially in la in the valley i've taught at temples jewish schools i'm the director of four um jewish elementary schools right now i also have i inherited david Doss's dance night which is the biggest one um in the country it's every wednesday night at the dot shalom my goal is to uh keep people folk dancing to not only make it survive, but make it thrive and inject that enthusiasm, especially into the younger generation, to keep it going and have them um, have a place to come back to that dance floor when they're older, to do something that they did when they were younger and know that they could do it with their parents and their grandparents and hopefully with their children um, and just stay connected to their community and Jews around the world.
0: Wow, you nailed that. I feel like you said before this interview started that you weren't even sure what you were going to say that you hadn't rehearsed. That felt pretty pretty natural for you. Great job.
1: off the cuff, but you know, when you're passionate about what you do, you just want to get it out there and you want people to be just as excited about it as you are.
0: Absolutely. And do you ever miss your ballet days just out of curiosity?
1: You know what? I stopped doing ballet um, right before college. I do miss my ballet days. It's just, it's so difficult for me to get back to classes because I teach so much. Like I said before, I'm the director of four um, Jewish elementary schools and I have my dance night and I help co-direct a dance weekend once a year. And I'm constantly invited to Jewish programs to help spread folk dance and the very essence of really feeling proud to be Jewish through dance. And, you know, I say this all the time, it's everybody is an intricate part of completing our circle. You know, folk dancing is, has changed um, throughout time, but the one thing that is the common foundation is our roots, where we come from. We dance in circles, that's how it started. We continue to do that. Now, obviously we'll get into this a little bit more. There's line dances and there's partner dances. But, you know, it's just it, it, it's like the cycle of life and mm-hmm. all of it is embedded in in hope, which is the anthem of Israel. It's hatikvah, the hope that we are going to stay united and and stay strong and patriotic for as long as we can.
0: I love that. I think it's a really fascinating way to appreciate the amazing tie that Jews have to Israel. But. I guess at the end of the day, I don't know, and I'm not sure how many listeners know if Israeli folk dancing is a thing beyond what they teach at summer camps. I went to Camp al You mentioned Camp al I learned from Erica Goldman, and I loved it, but I also didn't know how authentic it was. And then it made me think as well, well, do other Jews in the world even dance beyond, you know, do they? Ha- do we actually have our own style? What is the answer to that?
1: You know, it's funny because now Israel, and actually when folk dancing started, it's it's a melting pot of different cultures because when we had the immigrants, when we finally got our Jewish homeland, we were so proud and we were so excited. But there were people who came from different countries around the world and they ate different foods, they wore different clothes, they spoke different languages. And this was a way to, to revive Hebrew, mm-hmm. to, to make people patriotic, to want to cultivate the land, to want to build the land together. It's it's the pioneers who really felt like we needed a mechanism to make the people feel as one and that we have a common goal. And that is to stick together, to support one another, to heal each other, to, to motivate one another, to stay connected and empower one another, to love our homeland and kind of spread that not only within the country of israel but in the diaspora there are people who live around the world right now and what is our goal our goal is not just to have people folk dance because we have a jewish homeland it's no it's 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 to connect not only the people who moved there who came from different backgrounds but it's to connect the people who are in israel with all of the jews around the world and it's like it's it's a common thread you know it's a common thread and we add to what was there so for example the basic steps of, of Israeli dance, they were branched out from, first of all, different areas. There was like the cha-cha that came from like Latin America. There was the Yemenite step that came from Yemen. There There's the Hasidic movement that was really, they used their hands to pray to God. You know, a lot of that is an integral part. There was like biblical, like there was ballet, biblical dance, you know, the, all different things, um, the mind step, and actually Hora, which we think about like Havanagila, you know, then in all of our Jewish celebrations that came from Romania, or like Depka's. Depka is a big part of Israeli folk dancing. Depka means dance in Arabic. So that everything was kind of purposefully contrived from like different areas to make people feel like they are a part of what is being created. And that's why it's called folk dancing. It's of the people. It's like Huda'am, the dancing of the people and the country
0: that's fascinating so you, you brought up a few things that I have a few questions about first thing is and this is may, might just be a very quick answer I don't know is biblical dance a thing like are there is there choreography in the torah is that what biblical dance is
1: so it's interesting because there are two answers to this question and the first thing is like in the torah I don't I'm not uh, there are only the the time that I really remember dancing as being like part of Jewish history based on like biblical times is like, for example, uh, Passover, you know, we just, we just crossed the sea, you know, this is the sea split, we pass through, we have our freedom, you know, and what was the first thing that Miriam did, you know, she encouraged the celebration of dance, you know, with her timbrels and created that movement of celebration mm-hmm. through dance. That's something that we recall. Right. But, Really, it's it's it really came from, I think, like in the diaspora where people, especially the Hasidim, were dancing in circles for self expression. Is I think where it was where it came from.
0: Fascinating. So, dancing in a circle is a biblical concept, but I, it's funny because when you were talking about biblical dance, the first and only time I could ever remember the Torah from the little amounts of study that I've done, admittedly is that Miriam had, da- had encouraged all the other women to dance with her after crossing the Red Sea, right? Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you as well is that you mentioned that the word debka, which is a song in Israeli dancing, is Arabic, right? So mm-hmm. does that mean that it's not all in Hebrew that we experience?
1: So that's interesting because, um, like, what is Judaism? This the, This is such a profound question, right? And this will lead into dance. I will try to explain this as simply as I can, you know, I'll start with a little story because it it is a bit complex. When I first started folk dancing, everything for me, I was like, it's really important for all the songs to be in Hebrew because it's through the music, it's through the words that we feel connected to our people and to our country, our Jewish, uh, um, our Jewish homeland. But there are certain songs that are not, for example, in Hebrew anymore, right? They're in different languages. And and for me, I was, I felt kind of pulled in a couple of directions because I'm Israeli, right? I was born in Israel. But my parents are Persian. There's so many like Persian Jews around the world. And in, in a sense, it's like well, I I heard like a song in like French or I heard a song in like Arabic. Like, why is there not a Persian song? Now there are a few Persian songs like trickled into folk dancing and like different languages and all this stuff. It's like, what really makes us connect to our community? Is it the steps? Is it the music? You know, is it the choreographer? Like, we don't know. I think everybody connects to Judaism in their own way. And that's kind of like, you know, when you're talking about what's... Are you a good Jew? Are you a bad Jew? Like how do you judge somebody else's connection to Judaism? In a sense, you can't, you have to make it accessible to as many people as you can, because then they will feel like they're a part of your community and you're embracing everyone. Right. So it's, you know, the mentality is, is, has changed a little bit. Right. But at the same time, it's the foundation is still the same. Like another example is, um, Right now, like we used to start with only circle dances. And then what happened? It evolved into partner dances and line dances. Like they didn't have line dances. And, you know, when, when we started folk dancing, that that wasn't the point, right? The point was everybody was holding hands in a circle. Right. And we would celebrate our accomplishments, but also use it as a support system to lift each other up because that's what the, our value system is. That's what it tells us to do, right? We are supposed to be there for one another, not only in... In, in in times of happiness but in times of sadness.
0: Taking the figurative to the literal.
1: Absolutely. Right. And which by the way, Donnie Dossa used to say we're praying with our feet. You know, that's what that's <laughs> our goal. You know, it's it's we are grounded and, and we are delivering a message through our self-expression. And we want everyone to be a part of that.
0: There's so much history here in what you're saying and I wanted to pull up some of the articles that I have found on these concepts that you were describing. I mean, for starters, you talked about folk dancing, you know, it called folk because it's supposed to be more inclusive here again And that in this Berkeley article about Israeli folk dancing. It kind of goes into it describing it as a hothouse culture. I had never heard of a hothouse culture before, but because folk sounded more inclusive and accessible and they hoped that Israel would appeal to all Jews worldwide. So in a way, the dancing almost was used, not even just as a community glue, if you will, but also as a as a way to market to Jews around the world about how exciting and vibrant Zionism was, and it was saying, calling all Jews, we've been through something really hard. Now let's use now now let's come here and dance to because to celebrate that we're alive, you know, and to
1: empower us, right?
0: empower us, yeah. And there, by the way, you mentioned Debka. The Debka, an energetic dance done in short lines, is originally Arabic. So although many people think the hora. Think of Jewish Hasidim, a sect of ultra-orthodox Jews. So, I mean, it's it's a blend of cultures here. It's a hot house culture, as you said. It also goes back here. We pulled up articles from, or an article from the Jewish Women's Archive. I found this part to be fascinating as well. That folk dance in Israel are a staple of a national and cultural consciousness. I I wasn't even aware of the third and second Aliyah periods, 1904-1923, but the Halutzim danced only dances that they had brought with them from the diaspora, the Hora, the Polka. Uh, do you know these dances, by the way? K- Kauiak, is that how you say that? I wasn't quite sure.
1: Oh, the, oh I don't know why. Oh, Turkesia. Oh, Turkizia, oh, Rondo, Hora, Polka. Yeah. Yeah, these are, the they became like the, the basic um, folk dance steps that we use basically in every dance. And what's interesting is the fabric of like folk dance there are about 10 basic steps, let's just say maybe 15 basic steps. And really each dance uses these basic steps in different order. The the mind challenge is, and and it's what connects us to everyone around the world is that these are pre-choreographed dances, right? They're not like salsa or swing dance where there's like two basic steps and you go and you improvise and you basically get your partner, you do whatever you want. People are not exactly doing the same steps at the same time. For folk dancing, that is our mission in a sense, is that mm. because we are dancing the same steps at the same time to the same song around the world, this is what- Unites us. Unites us, I guess. Yeah. Like the best way to say it.
0: Yeah. Wow. I've never, I've. it's never- translated like that in my head before when I've done it. And again, it felt like a very American experience. The, the three times that I've been to Israel in my life, I've never seen a lot of dancing, maybe in the ultra-Orthodox communities when they're doing a giant line dance on the men's side of the Mahitza, right? But I am really enthused to hear that that explanation about that relationship. So one thing I do want to ask, right? There's a message of unity here that you're describing. But when it comes, maybe this is a more personal question than it is about a general concept, but when it, when it comes to the religious community, right? We're talking about the uh, those who would identify as traditional or ultra-Orthodox. There are real lifestyle practices behind each and every one of those labels. So being said, I wanted to ask you, how do they accept Israeli folk
1: dancing? You know what? It's it's interesting because the more religious religious sects, like the Orthodox, they folk dance, but they do it with their own sex. So the men dance separately together and the women dance separately together. I was invited by a Chabad several times hmm. to come to like a women's only folk dance session.
0: Wow. Um, what did you think of that?
1: I thought it was awesome. You know, I, like at the end of the day, I love, obviously like I'm more reformed, So I do love the interaction, you know, between the different people, but if this is what connects you to our community and this makes you happy and you have your own limitations, as long as you're dancing, I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that that is your decision. And it's just more people who are involved in what we're doing and really, really enjoying it. You know, you have to inject that type of like kinetic energy to to maintain it, you know? And, And also like we were talking about how you know, dance is like a melting pot. And, you know, just like the state of Israel has evolved and it's become Westernized, so is folk dancing. You know, like I said before, besides having like the partner dances and the line dances that are very popular right now, the style of music has also just become more fresh. You know, like I personally, when I choreograph, when I've done dances that are, you know, also thankfully like choreographed You know around the world i choose songs personally most of the time that is going to interest the younger generation because the truth of the matter is folk dancing is not cool like it's 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 not seen as something that's immediately like captivating for the younger generation they're going to want to do hip-hop they're going to want to do salsa that's the first thing that they want to do and Um, in a living, especially in the diaspora, when it's so easy for you to be distracted and to go do something else that seems much cooler, especially when it comes to like social media that can influence people's like mindsets and the direction that they're choosing to go. It's, It's actually, honestly, I think it's much easier to not be Jewish than to be Jewish, especially like in America, because there are so many options. But our goal is to make it cool. Our goal is to show that you should do this And you should feel proud to do this. And it's an important part of what we do. And specifically, it's not meant to be religious. It's meant to be cultural and spiritual, which is something that is much more accessible than to do something through scripture, which a lot of time can be um, done through interpretation, but there is like a religious aspect to it. You know what I'm saying? So we are trying to be open-minded and, So now I use, you know, current um, Israeli artists. You know, I was, I brought hip hop into folk dancing because I was 19 years old. And I was like, how come there's no hip hop? Like there needs to be some kind of gateway that is going to bring the younger generation and the older generation together. You can't just make separate. uh, They used to make separate dances for kids and separate dances for adults. You know, al is a completely different body of education. It's on a pedestal in a sense. And so is Hess Kramer and Hilltop because there is no place like in the country that has that many teens folk dancing at the level that they do. And that's I- all thanks to the DASAs, honestly, because Donnie DASA, you know, started the dance program. David DASA continued the dance program. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said before, it wasn't just dance. It was community based. Right. And- it still is and that was you know continued through Erica and continued through me and you know it's but like i said those kids as you can see uh, even yourself like they don't really folk dance after camp right they just they see it as a summer activity that's exciting for them but my right. the goal is to make them miss it in a sense love it so much that they want to come back and and honestly like you know they go to college you know, they, they move away. Um, they're not here all of the time, but the, even once or twice a year when they do come back, like it's worth it. You know, I was,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking in that connectivity, I think that's really the central theme of this episode. I went to Camp Elanime, uh, from the ripe, year of being at us uh which sophie i think is second grade if i remember
1: second um sophie i think is third grade
0: third grade okay so still a wee little lad right and then i left as a cit and as a cit you get three dances or at least my division got three individual dances right now fast forward to years later i hadn't done israeli dancing between the time i had graduated or the time i had left summer camp Maybe once or twice when I was uh, when I was at San Francisco State because we we one time went uh, in college to an event, but then shortly after that, you know, a few years later, I eventually came across a couple of friends who happened to leave a Moisha House out here in Los Angeles. For those who don't know what Moisha House is, it's like it's like young adult led programming for Jews and not necessarily even religious events, but they are subsidized events by programs. It's really, really amazing. It's an incredible resource for my social life and many other young Jewish professional social lives out here in America. But the, the big thing that I want to say is that when I finally came back from, when I finally re-entered into the Israeli dance space Mm -hmm. and started getting into it, I felt like a kid again. I connected with a side of me that I hadn't really had the chance to connect with since I was at Camp al these, these, these summers that I cherish so, so much. And then, you know, of course, when I went back to Israel, there was a part of me that wondered if I would come across maybe people dancing in public. Uh, I've heard of such communities before where they might do a meetup and they get together and I don't see it as often. So it occurred to me that, you know, maybe this is more exclusive in a way and more communal. I don't know. I I just had some preconceived notions after the Israel trip about what Israeli dancing might've been. And I think you've squashed some of them. So thank you for that.
1: Absolutely. You know, that's what it is. It's the feeling of nostalgia. Yeah. I think that's what is the essence of like what we're doing and to want to feel that again. And for me, especially, it's like, why are we doing this? It's, to continue it, and we say le dol You know, mm-hmm. from generation to generation, this is our mission: is to have. You know, uh during my uh, there's a big once a year Thanksgiving marathon that I do. I inherited that also from David Dassa, where it's also the Alanine. It's become the Alanine Dance Reunion. You literally see kids who I teach in elementary school, like somebody who's in kindergarten, dancing with their grandparent, who folk dance either in Israel or continues to folk dance here. I have kids who. I, I teach somebody in kindergarten. I've taught their aunts and uncles from when they were kids and their grandparent comes to my side, my weekly session. So it really does continue from generation to generation. And I think it's just, uh, no matter how old you are, once you've done it and you come back to it, it gives you that exciting, that very heartwarming experience that you want to continue. And you really should do it more often, you know.
0: Oh, of course I, of course I know. And by the way, where you, where you teach Israeli dancing is literally a rock's throw away from where I live in Culver City, um, out here in West LA. It's
1: so, like even if you don't come every week, you know, like once or twice a month, we try to do kind of like a, a theme party where there's like a Jewish holiday. Um, we like to bring like food and decorations and take like photos with our props, you know, because that's also part of like the whole nostalgia. It's like why should kids only celebrate these holidays? You know, we got to make sure that adults continue to do it too, because it does bring back that feeling of when they were a kid. And we're still like, we should continue to celebrate, you know, and have fun too. Just like, you know, when we're older.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, I just want to say, nostalgia is my favorite drug. I also want to say that when I went to your community, dance with Orly at dot Shalom, I was blown away by the, surprising number of senior citizens that are at the event that can move better than me. Listen, I'm 28 years old. I'm I'll pretty, dance
1: circles around you. I'm telling you right? li-
0: literally dancing circles around me. I, I couldn't believe how energized and how healthy these people were. So I will also say think of it as Jewish Zumba. Like it's just it's good for you. It's just it's cardio. And it also I mean, it's clearly keeping these joints activated enough for senior citizens to be able to engage with it. I think that also speaks to the accessibility of folk dancing. That's not to say, however, that Israeli folk dancing is this, you know, very low energy, very tame, very unengaging dance style that's only for senior citizens and little children. It's pretty intense. I mean, you mentioned early hip hop. And of course, my mind jumped to the hafanali, which is one of my favorite dances. And I always feel like I'm in a rapper music video when that song comes (laughs) out. you know i'm ready to go every time i hear huff that's my jam you know let's do it yeah,
1: so. yeah you know what's funny is like besides like you know the health aspect and the mental challenge and mental discipline of folk dancing because like i said before you better try to remember these dances and it's only through repetition that you can because there's thousands and thousands of dances and new ones made you know constantly it is that that craving for like what was done then and what's new to come you know when i made ha finale, that's that was my purpose like and hokinoli is a line dance it's it's to a song by subliminal i made that line dance when i was like 20 years old because literally when i started folk dancing i was like there needs to be something that's going to like excel the motivation of the younger generation into wanting to be wanting to folk dance wanting to be a part of the community and 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 it's worked
0: you know wait wait sorry you just said something that you made ha Finale? <laughs>
1: you didn't know you didn't know <laughs> yeah I you're, made the, origin- world, you you're know.
0: the you're the original choreographer to one of my favorite dances
1: yeah I made ha Finale, I made two team I made suddenly I've made a bunch a bunch of, of wait dances.
0: wait Right? List, list list the names of the songs that you've done right now. I actually, I've, I've, I i have i did not realize I was speaking to. Oh my god! Okay, go. What do what you what? What What are the names?
1: I'm I'm just thinking the ones that you uh, the ones that they listed are ones that were in the time that.
0: Yeah. You, knew, Nali. you said oh. two team. I know two team, which means strawberries in Hebrew. What What uh, else?
1: Do you know Toro?
0: How does that one go again?
1: Anito Toro, mefutsat Dun, dun, dun.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: Toro, yeah. <laughs> um, same same artist, subliminal. And then, you know, suddenly? Yeah. Anyways, so, <laughs> so I started out with line dances because I felt like, I don't know, like I said, you, you need to infuse a fresh vibe into something that's traditional and kind of blend it together. To create mm-hmm. that type of community that you want that consists of all ages, all social groups, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I love that. I love that you recognize it and that, you know, you know, these dances, honestly, Hopi if you want to get kids to folk dance, like to get Hopi is the number one dance around the world. I can say that with complete, like, true confidence, true that is going to change the mindset of what folk dancing is because a lot of people think it's just for old people and it's just something that was started a long time ago but what they don't understand is like i said before it's 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 evolved and it's something fresh and it's something cool and there's nothing cooler as you get older you will see that there's nothing cooler than mixing something old with something new something yeah. vintage and something super fresh and like up and coming like the blend of that is absolute success And that's what we strive for.
0: I I couldn't agree more. And I love the lasting message. Before we wrap up this episode, I did have one video clip I wanted to share. You mentioned the word vintage. And I just have to show this really cute clip that I think is just uh, kind of adorable, but also very endearing and very telling of what Israeli folk dancing looks like and is. Like, that's where we started. so you can see them really just getting into it. I, it's it's so enriching. It's so sweet to watch. You know, I know, to say
1: something about that. Actually, yeah, I think it's important yeah. to mention that, you know, although there was dancing in the diaspora, Rivka Sturman, who is one of the first choreographers of the folk dances, although the first folk dance was Baruch agadari he created Hora Agadadi, and that was before actually 1948, but Reef Shurman, she was really like a pioneer of folk dance. And she felt like in the schools they were learning, you know, German-influenced dances, et cetera, et cetera. And she wanted to bring in Israeli folk dancing. So she was an important pioneer. And then came Gurit uh, Kadman. And what you saw there, that's probably from one of the festivals. It was, uh, she created the dance festivals. Festival Dahlia was the first one. And that's how people would learn these dances. You know, now it's different. You go to dance camps. They still have festivals in Israel, but besides having dance camps that people fly to around the world, learn these dances, you have social media now. So literally you go to YouTube, you can learn a dance. Um, You can learn many dances. You can learn a dance before you even go to the session. Or if you go to a session and you're like, oh, I love this dance. I wish I would've known the steps. You can ask the name and you can go on YouTube and learn that dance and know it for next time. You know, it's just so crazy how things have evolved, but still remain the same, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's uh, it's, it really is amazing to see the evolution of Israeli dancing. I actually had no idea I was speaking to such a contributor to Israeli folk dancing. Uh, That was not connected for me, but uh, really, it's been a privilege and an honor to have you here on the podcast. Someone who has such an integral part of my childhood without me even knowing it, So Orly, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Say that I was someone who just got really inspired to start moving and dancing. What's the best way to connect with you?
1: Um, So you can connect with me either on Instagram under Orly Star or Dance with Orly um, or Facebook. Also Orly Star Satari, which is my full name. Um, I have a dance with Orly exclamation point page on Facebook where I post lots of fun videos um collaboration stuff like that um, i have Orly.com. i mean there's so many ways to reach me and you could also look up folk dancing on google and um, i believe my session comes up because a lot of people have come <laughs> and i said how'd you find me they said i googled it so um yeah we, we're every wednesday night we're at adot shalom beginners start at 7:30, um and then we teach an intermediate uh, advanced class until nine o'clock Nine o'clock till eleven thirty, we just dance all night, and we hope that you guys can join us. And I want to personally thank you for inviting me. First of all, for coming to the session, thank you to Moisha House. Um, shout out to Noya and Zohar; they're doing a great job um, continuing folk dancing. By the way, in regards to Moisha House, what do you think is the age range of the people who um, go to the programs?
0: Yeah, Moisha House generally is ages twenty-one to I want to say thirty. Four thirty-five around there. That's what I would imagine.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think it's awesome that new people are coming. We encourage you to come, bring your friends. You don't have to know how to dance. Um, Erica Goldman, she, shout out to her. You don't have to know a dance to do a dance, and which is absolutely true. We will help you. Um, we just we just want to spend time with you and you know express our love for Israel and our, our Jewish people. But you actually making a podcast about this shows that you know, it's made a positive impact on you and we hope that it can make a positive impact on countless people around the world. We appreciate you for bringing this to the forefront and for having me be a part of it. You're incredible. By the way, your energy is amazing. Like I said, I'm going to be waiting for you to dance with us more often. I'll be
0: back. I'll be back. I promise you that.
1: Oh, by the way, I just want to say, I'm not sure um, if this is going to be... uh, out there before this date or not, but at the end of the month is Yom Haatzmaut. We have to mention that Israel is going to be 75 years old. Huge, huge um, celebration for us as you know, Jewish people, whether we're living in Israel or not. I am having a big Yom Haatzmaut Israeli dance party. I would love more people to come out. It's it's one of our biggest dance nights of the year. Um, and it's uh, April 26th, Wednesday night. You don't want to miss it. We're also having a special dance group from Israel Come and perform. So, some of the dances that you see in festivals, you will see uh, a dance company from Israel come up and show you a little, you know, a little bit of what we do.
0: Amazing, Orly, that's just incredible. And thank you again for being on the show. And uh, be sure to attend Yom Ha'Atzmu. You said April twenty sixth. I remember correctly.
1: Wednesday, April twenty sixth.
0: Wednesday, April twenty sixth, to be t- to attend dance with Orly, uh, celebrate Israel's birthday. Thank you again so much for being on this podcast, and we'll see you next time.
1: Shalom.